You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to Season 4, Episode 5 as the New York Rangers find themselves in a bit of a losing streak. They've dropped their last four games, which includes a overtime loss to the San Jose Sharks, a regulation loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets, a shootout loss to the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, and a shutout loss to their crosstown rivals, the New York Islanders. So right now, the New York Rangers seem to... (laughs) Uh, be looking for answers to their woes, uh, to what ails them. The goals are not going in right now. Seem to, despite the, the Rangers taking an inordinate amount of shots compared to years prior, it seems that they've been at least able to carry their share of the play at five on five in terms of possession, putting shots on net. But just those shots are not falling, uh, not getting the goal support, and just having some very uncharacteristically weak uh, breakdowns. So. We're going to cover all that right now. Uh, I am back from my little R&R stint upstate, just peeping some beautiful foliage in upstate New York with my wife and my dog, just enjoying a, a change of pace while I recover from, uh, yeah, <laughs> losing a finger at work. Uh, if, you, if you haven't heard that before, that's something that actually happened to me. It sucks, but I'm getting through it, so... Uh, but yeah, back to the New York Rangers um, and just perusing social media. There are some painful stats for the New York Rangers are uh, being mined up by the blue shirt faithful um, at Davy Upper on Twitter says in the last four games, the New York Rangers have taken 141 shots and on those 141 shots, they only have five goals. The opponent opposition has taken 121 shots and has 14 goals. So uh, yeah, clearly not what you're looking for in order to have sustained success in terms of the goals. And also, honestly, they haven't allowed, I would say, a crazy number of shots. But still, they've, like I had mentioned up top, they've had some uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically uh, weak and vacant breakdowns. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they is not. this is not the same team um, 
that finished the season with the Rangers last year. And I think they have a lot of internal movement and they have some new faces and it's just kind of been a struggle. And it just from injuries right out of the get go and just guys coming in who had hot seasons last year, being a little bit colder shooting percentage wise, it's, it's been rough for them. Um, you know, Kreider and Zabanajad, despite Mika getting off to a red hot start in the first few games of the season has really cooled off. Chris Kreider has yet to find a gear or a groove this season. It just doesn't, after everything went right for him last year, right now everything's going wrong. And you can tell it's affecting his play. And honestly, just all over the ice, it just looks like the Rangers at first, it looked like they were dominant in terms of carrying the play and the goals they were scoring. But I think they let the whole Turk's message of that, they were just kind of running gun. They let it get into their head. And I think they've tried to implement some structure, but it's clearly not working. It's not only is it not brought, it just really seems to have stifled their creativity and their goal scoring. And I don't know if it's necessarily, well, maybe you can say it's brought them a little bit more structure because their game against the Colorado Avalanche was pretty low event in terms of both teams not giving up too much, although I, I did think the Rangers were still the more porous of the two teams, and I think a lot of that has to do with their third pairing, which is not up to par right now. And it, honestly, the game versus the Islanders, the Islanders didn't really do much. They just literally defended, didn't give the Rangers the middle, and waited for the Rangers to do what they always do and turn pucks over in their own zone and literally just start the counterattack. Just too many blind passes thrown to the middle, too many turns over, turnovers at their own blue line. And... Yeah, they just Islanders just waited it out and did what they always do. They're content to play that style of hockey and just wait for you to make a mistake and then capitalize on it. And the Rangers just gave made too many mistakes, and they've just been making too many mistakes. Um, and even the players that are going, like Panarin, looks like he should, even though he's I think tied for first in the National Hockey League in points, is still he should have almost double the amount of points he's had. It's just that his line mates in Trocheck and Lafreniere have been totally snake bitten. I think after getting off to a promising start, I think Lafreniere is really showing that it's difficult for him to play on that side, which so thinking about splitting him up or moving him back to the left wing somehow might, might be what's best. And even Kako Kako, who I think has looked like one of the Rangers best, if not outside of Panarin, if not the second best forward in the stretch of hardship is still seems to be kind of snake bit too. He's creating, he's honestly, he's the only one who seems to be doing anything on the, the Zabanjai Kreider line, but it's just, it's also, you know, it's just, it's just never been quite enough. You know, he makes all the good moves and gets stifled at the doorstep or just doesn't get the support from Zabanjai and Kreider or, or, so yeah, it's just the whole team is really just snake bit. And yeah, they're, they're going through it right now. That's obvious. Just looking at the quotes uh, coming out of the post game after their loss to the Islanders tonight. Courtesy of Rangers beat writer Molly Walker on Twitter in interviewing Captain Jacob Truba. We're going through a little bit of a stretch here, a little adversity. We're going to face it and we're going to work through it. That's a, to say that is an understatement. That's absolutely true. Um, also courtesy of another Rangers beat writer, Vincent Mercagliano on Twitter. Uh, Vincent talking to Mika. Mika says, we've just got to work through this. We have no other choice. If I know this team, and I think I do, we're not going to lay down and die and just give up. So the no quit in New York thing. Uh, yeah, listen, I mean, Vince goes on to say in talking to Turk, uh, you know, he didn't say this to him, but he, he, you know, he remarks that the Rangers have won the expected goals battle in almost every game they've played in this losing streak. Yet they've now lost four straight for the first time since the 2020, 2021 season. 
to which Turk uh, quipped, the analytics guys are wrong. We always beg for them to shoot the puck more last year, and we're getting more shots. They just got to go in. And I think there's something to be said for a team, you know, I guess proverbial uh, a tiger trying to change its stripes and that the Rangers for forever have just kind of played this loose run and gun hockey, whatever happens at the other end, and they get bombarded on the other end. Um, I think they're trying to play things a little bit differently now with a little bit more structure. It's clearly foreign to them where the, the, the Islanders have been playing the same way for forever. Boring ass old, we're just going to trap and wait and you're going to make a turnover and then we're going to come with numbers. And sometimes it works. It's great. But ultimately they don't have the star power to put them over the top, but it, it gets them far. It gets them the conference finals two years around. Obviously they missed last year, but they had COVID and all this other stuff. And yes, they're an old team, but playing that they have structure and they can break pucks out if everyone's doing their job. And I think that's the one thing about the Rangers. They just don't, it just doesn't seem like there's much structure or it doesn't seem like guys know how, what their breakout options are. And I think it works when the team, everyone's moving their feet and playing fast and presenting targets and support and options because other teams don't know how to defend it because there's always someone who can get the puck through the neutral zone with speed. And then they have to figure out what's going on. And that works if you're playing fast, but when you're in the second night of a back to back where you're second guessing everything you do, because you're in the middle of a losing streak, it doesn't work. So the New York Rangers have to figure their way out of this little slump they're in. And they have to like Jacob Trouba and Mika's advantage said, they just got to face it head on. Um, I guess the, the question to ask is, is the sky falling? Is this a death knell in their season? No, it's not the death knell in their season. I mean, you know, after tonight's loss, uh, their record is three, three and two, not the end of the world. This brings the Islanders to three, four and zero. Oh. So, it, listen, it's early. Thank God this is happening early before there's too much separation. You know what I mean? It's it, hope they got to get out of it soon. They, you know, they're going into Dallas next, who has had a pretty good start to their season. You know, uh, face uh, former New York Ranger Nils Lundqvist, who you just know after getting. Uh, <laughs> Getting embarrassed by former Rangers head coach, uh, coach David Quinn, former, uh, I guess you could say, begrudged goaltend, backup goaltender Alexander Georgiev and their crosstown rivals, the Islanders. Now, you know, they face uh, former, didn't make the cut, Nils Lundqvist, who I'm sure is going to have a goal or at least, you know, two assists or something in this game. But, um, yeah, listen, they just got to work their way through it. I think the road's a pretty good place for it to happen. Um they need, you know, it's just, you could definitely tell that the, the frust, you feel the frustration in all their body language. I just don't think they're playing as loose and free and confident as they should be. Um, Vitaly Kraftsoff can't stay healthy. That's another ongoing narrative. He, you know, he, he gets hurt in the first game of the season. He finally comes back and he re-injures his arm um, in the game versus the Colorado Avalanche. He's day-to-day upper body. Julian Gauthier gets recalled from the Hartford Wolfpack, and honestly, he looks like one of the Rangers' best forwards, I thought, in that game. He was fast, and he looks like he wanted to prove something. So, And the Rangers desperately need speed because they have a lot of slow guys, and I think that's a big problem. Another thing that ails them is that they want to play fast, but when you have Barclay Goudreau and Ryan Carpenter and Ryan Reeves, who are slow as molasses, you're, it's going to be hard to play fast, you know, especially if Turk loves those guys. They're his guys, so he puts them out there a lot. So that seems to be a little antithetical, but he's the coach, not me, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think Julian Gauthier brings something this team needs. And obviously, the injury to Philip Heedle 
has been devastating for this team. He's, you know, not going to go on the road trip. Uh, it's suspected, a, it's listed as upper body, but you suspect it's a concussion after, I forgot who it was. He had contact um, behind the net uh, versus uh, uh, someone on Columbus. I can't remember who it was, but doesn't matter. I mean, suspected concussion, so you got to be careful with these things. You hope Phil's okay, and obviously you hope when he comes back, He's back to the player he was and not because obviously he looked like the Rangers best player. And honestly, he's carrying the most water in the bottom six of anyone because they've moved uh, his line mates from the kid line, Kako and Lafreniere up. So he was basically saddled with one of Jimmy VC or Sammy Blay or Barkley Gaudreau to make or Kravtsov, who's still having trouble finding his his sea legs here in the National Hockey League. And it's he's had to do it mostly himself. So. Obviously, this team misses his his presence, but I guess the good thing is you hope that they can figure this win streak out or you know this losing streak out while he's out and get a boon when he comes back in because I do think they need to learn how to win even when they're, there's injuries and under subpar conditions. You know what I mean? When guys, the shots aren't falling, they just need to figure ways to make it work and grind it out. And you know, I think that's the thing. It's hard when you have a Cinderella magical season like they did last year. And I say that only knowing that Igor was, you know, the magical reason they, they basically were in the position they were, but then at least the shots were falling for them with, in terms of guys like Kreider and, you know, uh, yeah, just getting the timely goals they needed. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, unfortunately, a dour start to this podcast, but there are some good things to talk about as well. Uh, One positive, uh, Adam Fox. He's been absolutely incredible to start the year and, I think by now every Rangers fan has either watched it live or saw his play uh, to get the equalizing goal um, to bring the game to overtime uh, against the Colorado Avalanche, basically shoving Nathan McKinnon off the puck. McKinnon immediately hits the deck. Who knows if he was tired or if he just didn't have his edges or whatever. But, you know, Fox just basically saying, you know, what? I'm going to do this myself. We need a tie and goal. He makes a great defensive play on McKinnon, immediately starts sprinting up the ice to lead the rush, uh, and then does a beautiful tic-tac-toe play where he, uh, you know, starts it and then quickly recognizes he's got an open free shot, an open cage on Georgiev and just goes to the net and gets it back from VC. A nice feed, nice feed from Jimmy VC, might in mind, who's also hasn't been very, he's been one of the Rangers better players throughout this, this dog, uh, shit stretch they've been playing. Has a nice little tap in on Georgiev. Um, and yeah, he's been great. And uh, like I said, I believe if I go to, uh, stats of defenseman scoring in the, the National Hockey League. Hold on here. It's Again, the NHL site is a uh, dog crap, so you don't have to excuse me. Uh, here we go. So in the league, uh, only Rasmus Dahlin with nine and Shane Gostisbehere have <laughs> with eight have more points than Adam Fox to start the season. He is tied for third with Kale McCarr, who they faced off with the other night, uh, and Rasmus Anderson from Calgary. So... Uh, you know, again, Fox is establishing himself or just reaffirming that he is still one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. Um, and yeah, he's been good to start the season. I mean, yes, him and Lindgren have had some pretty uncharacteristic breakdowns, but so is Truba and Miller, who looked flying in the preseason and in the first two games of the season. His, yeah, he's looked like he's a little off right now, too. But the whole team kind of looks off, if I'm being honest. So every, honestly, everyone other than Panarin, uh, Shesterkin, I think for... 
it's been up and down, but I'd say it's mostly been good. But he he's had uncharacteristic breakdowns. I mean, he basically spotted Colorado that uh, their shorthanded goal, which put them, you know, and he and he took the blame. He said he kind of put it on himself as the reason they were down. It kind of could have cost them or basically cost them the game. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the truth. Who knows, you know, how these things would have play out. But, you know, that's what you appreciate about Igor. He's, you know, I think when asked, he said something like, I don't know, I was like trying to grow another hand or something, uh, you know, might be some weird Russian humor. But I think he's basically saying it's like whatever he was doing, he shouldn't have been doing. Uh, wasn't confident in his play. And yeah, I think the whole team is clearly trying to find that uh, just the, the lightning in the bottle they had last year and the confidence. And listen, I, I don't necessarily think all this adversity right now is a bad thing. I do think it's good. I do think the hope is it makes them stronger. I think it shows them that if you want to do things the absolute right way, it's not always easy. Whereas I think this Rangers team is sometime, I don't want to say game the system, but they've always kind of catered to their strengths, even though at the end of the day, sometimes their strengths seem to maybe not be the type of style that would get a team over the top and win them a Stanley cup. Um, and so, yeah, I think they're trying to do things the right way. They're winning the possession battles or winning the shot battles or winning the expected goals battles, but it's just, yeah, it's, they're still getting acclimated to a style where it's like when you're trying to do everything the right way, it kind of makes it harder. You can't cheat for offense so much. Uh, you're not just flying the zone and say, who cares? Igor will take care of it. And then just, do whatever you want. They're trying to be better and it's tough right now. There's growing pains to it, especially for a lot of their younger players who are really seems to be struggling right now. Like Zach Jones, like Libor Hayek, uh, like Keandre Miller, like Alexi Lafreniere. Um, these reps are going to be important for them in the future if they want to play in such a manner that will ultimately bring this team a Stanley Cup potentially. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I do want to back up and talk about Alexander Georgiev's return to the garden the other night. Uh, basically outduels Shesterkin um, with the coming up with the shootout win and afterwards just jumping up and down and stomping on the ice and is clearly elated. And obviously uh, Georgiev has been a very polarizing figure as far as New York Rangers fans go. Uh, a lot of them blame him for Tony D'Angelo's departure and, and his involvement in that um, getting in a physical altercation with him after D'Angelo made comments. There's other, there's been, I don't know, speculation that he was not very friendly with most of the, the locker room and that he resented the fact that their Rangers were choosing Shesterkin over him. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's been, there seems to be a lot of ant, 
anti Alexander Georgiev sentiment out there. Um, I will say this: I it, clearly it meant a lot to him, and I think I don't think it was in a you know a screw the New York Rangers way. I think it's more in that he has always felt he should and could be a starter, and he's based yeah he's wanted to be trade for a while because he thinks he's up to it, and he's kind of proving it now. I'm sure he's going to have a good season with Colorado. I mean. Um, but yeah, I think it's per, for his own personal pride. It was clearly very important to him to show, look, I, you know, you're bet you think I wasn't just good enough to be a starter or not, you know, but screw you. I, I think I am. Whether I think Georgiev is right. Uh, do I think he's as good as Igor Shostorkin? Hell no. But I still think he's a very good goaltender. I do think mentally his comportment might be better to be, honestly, to be a starting goaltender than a backup because it clearly it, it was a struggle for him at times. I think when he was behind Hank and working to be the heir apparent, he was very good, and the Rangers fans felt great about it. But I also think when it was clear that the Rangers were going to move forward with Igor as their number one, it clearly affected his performance or, you know, just mentally. So... It also helps being on a team that probably defends better in the Colorado Avalanche. So, but I digress. Uh, so yeah, no, I, you know, I mean, even after I think they posted a, a NHL on their official Instagram, posted his celebration and said, "Do you think you know Igor? Or excuse me, do, do you think Alexander Georgiev was fired up to uh, get the Vic W over his former team?" And literally in the comments of Instagram, Alexander Georgiev said yes. <laughs> so. You know, and pretty emphatic, obviously. So I don't know if it was uh, necessarily. I don't know if there's like crazy friction with him in the Rangers locker room. I don't think it's that extent. I just think there was just, you know, you have a guy who's kind of unhappy and, you know, not always giving Igor his daps for when he wins and just kind of being half hearted about it. Cause, you know, he had his own personal aspirations and he felt like it was getting in the way and he just wasn't getting, he was pouting about it. So. It is what it is. Uh, I don't carry the same ill will. I think a lot of Rangers fans do for Alexander Georgiev. Like he's the, you know, the, he was basically a scapegoat for the Rangers last year. He's gone now. So you, everyone listening to this, you're going to have to find a new one. Um, you know, again, I do hope that he has the same, uh, you know, momentary crisis of confidence he had, did with the stints with the Rangers sometime when he's in goal for the Avalanche. So they can experience what that's like. But, um, yeah, again, I mean, I think when he's good, when he's on, he's clearly very good. He's had some very good performances for the New York Rangers before. Um, and that's a team, you know, that's that, that's a team that you can almost set up a, you know, be, feel like a country club. Although the Rangers brought it to him, definitely. They made it worth his while, trust me. And, yeah, I don't think Colorado's nearly as good def- just from a team defense standpoint. I, I, obviously, their defensemen are all very good still, but from t- team defense standpoint, their bottom six is just not as stout as it used to be. So, yeah, you can see the Rangers were able to hang with them, which was a promising sign. And it, literally, they lost in the skills competition. I thought they were the better team for the, the second and the third period. They were only bad in the first, where Colorado usually comes out like a house of fire because they have so many good skaters, but it kind of tires them out, and then other teams take over. That's just usually how it goes. So. So the question that remains for the Rangers is if you're winning the expected goals battle and you're holding your share of, the, you know, you're out shooting the other team, how do you get your shots to fall just when your shooting percentage is in the toilet and it's just it's just not happening for you? Uh, well, you definitely have to try to get, just make it ugly, which I think the Rangers have not done enough of. You know, Kreider, even though he's going to the net, it seems a little bit more passive. I do think 
teams are a little bit more wary of his net front ability, and they're really trying to do a better job of just get better body positioning on him in any way they can. And I just think Kreider's just not being, you know, even the ones he has tipped, he hasn't been, I don't think he's been able to get to as, as many. And you hope that's not father time. You know, he's finally losing a gear this year, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's gotta be ugly. And it, it's, that means it's gotta be ugly from the top lines, not just the, uh, the bottom six. I mean, that's, I think a lot of the Rangers chances, even though they've had a lot of shots, it's been kind of one and done. I think they even commented on that. Uh, Eddie Olchek during the broadcast that the Rangers chances against the Islanders were pretty much one and done. The Islanders just did a good, too good of a job boxing them out, but screw it. Just get back to the point and blast. Cause I just see a lot of the Rangers trying to beat, not have access to the middle and then just kind of go curl along the boards and try to feather a blind backhand pass into the slot to get cashed in on, but you're putting momentum going away. And if an Islander can get a stick on it or any other skater in the National Hockey League for that matter, they can push it forward for their wingers to kind of just collect it and then just exit their zone. They're basically helping start the other team's breakout instead of making offense. Just try to get it and to try to get back to the point and just, you know, blast away. Hope for a broken play. You know, get to the net, get make some traffic. You know, then you have guys like Adam Fox who had a, a beautiful chance that just went off the pipe um, because he was able to outweigh. And, you know, I think uh, one of the wingers came down and kind of just drew his check away, you know, just kind of backed up into the slot, gave him the time space he needed to make a nifty Adam Fox fake to the middle and then go to the outside and just kind of walk in. But unfortunately, that's what's going to take for the Rangers right now because all the pretty tic-tac-toe stuff they've been scoring on for the last two seasons just doesn't seem to be working for them. So that's what it's going to take. And I mean, I think you, you know that when the dam breaks, it's going to break for this team. You know what I mean? So that's what it's going to have to be for them to to get through this rough patch. But I do think it's going to require some changing of the lines. I think at this point, like I mentioned up top, I think Lafreniere just doesn't seem to be working. I would try to put him back to his natural side um, on the third line. I know you want him getting top six minutes, but if it's not working, it's not working. I mean, and I know that this comment would probably draw the ire and disagreement from a lot of Rangers fans. uh, But I mean, it's just one man's opinion, just mine. James might not feel the same way. Oh, by the way, James... You know, just had to work tonight. Couldn't be here, but don't worry. That's why I'm here. Um, And, yeah, there's no reason why, you know, because like I said, the the state of the bottom six right now is real rough. But, you know, even if you have to put, in his absence, put Goudreau in the middle, um, you know, right now for Heedle, put Goudreau in the middle and then have uh, Blay or either Sammy Blay, who him and Laugh have showed some chemistry before, or or now Julian Gauthier, now that he's back in the lineup. And then that leaves either whoever doesn't play on that line just to play in the fourth line with Carpenter and Reeves. You can do that. But yeah, just the, the, the bottom six is in a star, sorry state right now, and obviously have, losing heel hurts the most. But once he comes back, you know, I think it should right a lot of those wrongs. And I think the big question is, if Chris Kreider can't eventually get his game together... At what point do you just put Lafreniere on the first left wing spot and move Kreider down? I mean, at a certain point, if he, he's not producing, he's got to go down. I don't care. Yes, I know he's a veteran on this team. Yes, I know he had 50 goals last year, and he deserves the time to work through it. But, you know, results are all that really matters in the end. If the Rangers keep dropping games and you have goose eggs from Zabanja and Kreider every night, you're going to have to do something, you know? And it, you, unfortunately, you can't 
move Mika down, obviously. And also, he started out, he's at least had a little stretch there in the beginning, and he's still as lethal as ever on the power play. It's just the Rangers' power play is also not clicking right now. Go figure. I think teams have scouted it out way better. But, um, yeah, I mean, if Kreider just isn't producing, he should go down and give maybe someone else a chance. And hopefully that's some motivation for him to re-simplify if he gets that chance to get moved back up and just produce or, or get his confidence back by feasting on team's third line. Because I think if you put Kreider on the left on the third line and you put him with Julian Gauthier, who's fast, and then you know Barkley Gaudreau, who's at least smart enough. He's slow, but he's at least smart enough to cycle with those guys, and he's gritty enough. I think, yeah, you could definitely have something going there. So, so you know, food for thought, obviously. So like I mentioned, the Rangers' next uh, game is against the Dallas Stars on the road. They face Dallas on Saturday, and then the very next day, they face the Arizona Coyotes. And if they do not get uh, three or more points out of those two games, it's going to be a national nightmare in terms of the sky is falling from New York Rangers fans. Uh, that's not, That's a fact. That's just based on being a Rangers fan my entire life. And I might, might add to it as well, but yeah, I mean, if you can't write it against Dallas, you have to use, you have to, you have to beat Arizona. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And if you can't, and listen, in fairness, Arizona has beaten some pretty good teams recently, but I don't care. You have to beat that. If you can't beat them, then, you know, something is, something is really deeply deeper. You know, something is really wrong with this team. Something's going on. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that that would be as must-win of a must-win as you can. And you do wonder, and this is very premature, I think, based on all the success they had last year, and it's so early, and it's four games in the grand totality of things. But, uh, you know, if things keep going, it would be interesting to see what would happen with Gerard Gallant. I'm assuming he's going to, you know, Drury wouldn't do anything drastic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a certain former coach of the New York Islanders today said that he doesn't think he's ready to coach yet, but uh, coaching an original six team would always intrigue him. So I assume he was talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, if, especially if they uh, don't have a good season and just based on their current um, construction of their bottom six, that's very possible, and their D. So, yeah, who knows? But um, it'll be very interesting to keep a read on that, but... Again, I don't think it'll get to that. I, if you want my honest opinion, I do think the Rangers will pull out of this little nosedive they're in. The only problem is that you have to rack up. The Rangers did this very well last year as they beat up on the teams they were supposed to beat up on, and they helped them handily make the playoffs. If you're dropping games to the, the Columbus Blue Jackets and the uh, Arizona Coyotes of the world and the San Jose Sharks, uh, that's going to hurt you in the long run. Those should... Those, even those teams you only, you know, weaker Western Conference teams you only see uh, twice a year, that should be four easy points. You got to get them when you can. So, uh, yeah, they got to they gotta get back to their winning ways somehow. They got to figure this out. So what's that uh, quote from, uh, was it Robert Frost? Uh, the best way out is through. I think that's right. Hmm. Food for thought. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. 
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.